morning, Life Church. My name is Matt, I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church, and I'm so excited to be able to join you this morning to be able to share the Word of God with you. And for those of you who are just joining us, we are right now in the middle of a series uh, that we started about three weeks back. And Pastor Mike start, kicked us off by talking about uh, living well with kindness. Uh, then I followed up with a sermon on wisdom. And then last week, we heard a great sermon from Pastor Mike on integrity. And so if you didn't get a chance to, to, to catch those, you can go back into our YouTube channel and hear them again. Uh, I would recommend it. Uh, but today we're continuing on in our series called Live Well. And the title of my message this morning is Live Well in Humility. Humility. And man, church, if there ever was a time where we need to hear this message, where we need to have this message impact our hearts, it's in the season where we find ourselves today, where there's so many opinions out there, and there's so many thoughts out there, and there's so many things that are being said, and there's so much division that is coming because of a difference in opinions. And I believe that what the church needs today is a reminder of godly humility. Man, what I need in my heart today is a reminder of godly humility. And here's how we're going to approach this this morning, church. We're going to read the scripture. We're going to have three scriptures, actually, as our text this morning. Then I'm going to pray. And then we're going to spend a few moments unpacking humility from the word of God, why we need humility, kind of explaining what humility is, a biblical version of humility, a biblical definition of humility, and then talking about some very practical ways to apply this to us today. So let's do that without any further ado. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. The scriptures I'm going to be reading to you today are from the New Living Translation. And uh, without any further ado, let's just dive right in. Uh, and then we're going to be turning to uh, James chapter 4, and we're going to end up in Philippians chapter 2. Okay, so Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, Only in returning to me... And resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. Next is James chapter 4, verse 6 and 10. Uh, but he gives even more grace to stand against evil desires. As the Lord says, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. And then verse 10 says, humble yourself before the Lord. He will lift you up in honor. And finally, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Father, we pray that your word would go deep. It would do a deep work in our hearts, Lord God. We pray that we would be changed by your word today, Lord God, and that not one of us would be the same, Father. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people, so you are here with us right now, wherever we are. We love you, Lord, and we give this day to you in Jesus' name. And everybody at home said, amen, amen. So when we're talking about this idea of humility, 
Why do we need to talk about this? And, and what does the Bible have to say about it? Uh, we, we just read a few scriptures that have kind of highlighted uh, uh, some examples of humility uh, and also some of the blessings of humility. But do you know that the scriptures, in the scriptures, humility, it says, is a virtue that we must possess. In 2 Samuel 22, verse 28, it says, You rescue the humble, but your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, it says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And again, we just already read this in James chapter 4, verse 10. It says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up with honor. We're told in James chapter 4, verse 6, that God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. Again, another version says, gives grace to the humble. In, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, in the New Living Translation, it says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Okay, so there's got to be something to this idea of humility. I mean, there's got to be something to this, this thought about humility, but, but what is it? One of the interesting facts um, is, the, the, uh, according to the Encyclopedia of the Bible, humility is unique to the biblical faith. Did you know that? It says, humility is a virtue to which other religions accord no honor and even fail to recognize. So there's something unique here about humility. There's something about it that, that God deems important. What is that? You know, I think oftentimes when we think about the idea of humility, we get that confused uh, with some very unpleasant experiences. You know, we often think about humility in light of this idea of humiliation. And right when I say that, I'm sure many of you have stories that come to mind, uh, you know, that are burned in your mind of times where you've been humiliated. Um, I think about some times from my childhood, um, some stories that I've told my kids before that they always laughed at. Um, one of them is when I was in grade four. You know, I remember being humbled, being humiliated in grade four. I remember uh, I was I was running to go to the bathroom, and I was running as hard as I could to try and get there. I was running around this field outside, and I let it go for way too long. And then and then guess what happened? Yeah, you guessed it. I peed my pants. And grade four, grade four, and that is not cool for a grade four student to pee their pants. So I had to come up with an idea very quickly. So I ran inside of the office and I told uh, the, 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 the secretary that I had fallen into a mud puddle and I needed to call my parents so I could get some new pants. Of course, they must have known that I was not telling exactly the truth because it was, you know, the middle of spring and there was no water anywhere. And the next day, I remember coming to school and the principal, you know, pulled me over and said, hey, so I heard you fell into a mud puddle yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, totally. And obviously he knew and, and I was humiliated. Those are humbling experiences. And I'm sure you've all experienced humbling experiences. But when the Bible is talking about humility, I don't believe that's what it's talking about. If we were to define humility, how would we define it? I have a couple of quotes here that I think will help us to do that. And then we're going to dive back into the scriptures and unpack that a little bit more. Charles Spurgeon says that humility is to make a right estimate of oneself. C.S. Lewis says this, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. And this one's my favorite. But from Andrew Murray, his book, Humility, The Journey Towards Holiness. Andrew Murray says this, Humility is nothing but the disappearance of self into the vision that God is all. I'm going to say that one again because I want to camp out on that one. 
Humility is nothing but the disappearance of self into the vision that God is all. You hear that, church? The disappearance of self. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to juxtapose. I'm going to give you four statements here about humility. What humility is not and what humility is in light of those statements we just heard. So here it is. Number one. Humility is not self-sabotage. It is self-sacrifice. Okay, so let me just break this down for you. Humility is not putting yourself down. See, when the Bible says, you know, be humble, or the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, or the Bible says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, I think a lot of times we get this mixed up with this idea that what God is looking for us to do is continually put ourselves down. Come on, you can't do this. And you, you know, you're putting ourselves down. Maybe embracing our failures. Ah, and you look at what we've done. You know, putting ourselves down. But that's not what it is. It's not self-sabotage. It's not putting ourselves down. The real uh, idea of humility is this idea of self-sacrifice. And we find this in our passage at the beginning in second, uh, pardon me, in Philippians chapter two, verses five through seven. And it says this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he uh, he appeared in human form. Do you hear what he said here, church? It says this, that he gave up his divine privileges. This was not self-sabotage. This is self-sacrifice. It's not putting himself down, but it's putting down his divine privileges and taking the humble position of a slave. It's self-sacrifice, not self-sabotage. Number two, humility is not independent, but it is God-dependent. I love this image that Jesus shares when he talks about to his disciples about who is the greatest in the kingdom. The disciples were always coming to him and saying, hey, Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom? Well, how can you tell the greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus turned to them in one of his, one of these instances in the book of Matthew and said, so anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He, he brought a little child to himself, the Bible says. And he says, you must become like a little child. And anyone who is uh, as humble as this little child will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And when I was thinking about that image, I was thinking about the, the fact that children, little children are completely dependent upon adults. You know, at a certain point, they become independent. But when they're little children, their identity and everything about them is found from the adults that surround them. Their sustenance comes from adults around them. And this idea of humility is, first of all, not self-sabotage, but self-sacrifice. And the second thing is humility is not independent, but it is God-dependent. We have to recognize and remember that everything comes from him. In James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Come on, every good and perfect gift comes from Him. Do you realize and do you recognize today that we are dependent on Him? Come on, we're dependent on Him for everything. We're dependent on Him for our next breath. 
We're dependent on him uh, to, to have the creativity that we need to do what God's called us to do. We're dependent upon him to have the, the strength to do what he's called us to do. We are entirely dependent on him. And a realization of that dependence helps to breed humility. Our identity comes from him. It's further into that idea. First Peter chapter five or six says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Come on. Our identity is from him. Everything we have comes from him. We are dependent on him. Humility is not independent. It is God dependent. Next one. Number three, humility is not inward focused, but outward focused. When you become God-focused, you automatically become others-focused. When you recognize that you are dependent on Him, when you recognize that He is your source, that He is the one that provides for you, that He gives you every good thing, every good and perfect gift comes from Him, then you can become focused on other people. And in Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 3 through 4, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Take an interest in others too. This is a byproduct of recognizing that you are dependent on him. This is a byproduct of putting your relationship with God first. I mean, think about it this way. Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, right? But then he said the second is like it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Think about it. When you take your mind off of yourself and you get it off of your inward focus and you focus yourself on him, then you will automatically begin to see other people in a new light and be able to love them as well. Humility, remember C.S. Lewis said this, is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's a focus on others. I'm going to say it again. Humility is nothing but the disappearance of self in the vision that God is all. And number four, security, pardon me, humility is not insecurity, but humility is God confidence. And this kind of goes back to that first idea of it's not self-sabotage, it's self-sacrifice. It's laying down your life for a greater call. It's laying down your life for a greater cause. Humility is not insecurity, but it's God confidence. Here's a big idea, church. I believe that humility and confidence and God confidence are linked. I know who I am in him. And because I know who I am in him, I can walk in quiet confidence and I can love others. It's not putting yourself down. It's not tearing uh, yourself down and trying to make yourself lower uh, just because you're trying to do that to yourself. Oh, I'm going to get inside of myself and I'm going to push myself down. No, 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 no. It's lifting up who he is. It's lifting up who God is. It's, it's raising up a praise to him. It's declaring his greatness. It's recognizing his greatness. And then when you recognize his greatness, it's no longer about you. It's about him. And when it's about him, it's going to start to be about other people. Humility is not insecurity. It is God confidence. Church, do you have God confidence today? 
And in that sense, the greatest example of humility is Jesus. Remember, it says in Philippians 2 verse 5, we read it earlier, you must have the same attitude that Jesus, that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. And what happened when he did that? When he gave that up, the greatest example of this, he gave that up in humility. He submitted himself to God. He submitted himself to the Father. And when he did that, when he submitted himself to the Father, what happened? God raised him up. Jesus explained it this way. He says, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does. In John chapter six, verse 38, it says, uh, for I've come from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. Remember, humility is not insecurity. Humility is God confidence. When Jesus came to the earth, he knew who he was. He knew where he belonged and he knew who, who, who was in charge. He knew who held everything in place. And Jesus walked in confidence. But Jesus walked in humility. He didn't need to prove to others who he was. He didn't ever have to go around saying, oh man, give me the the best seat at the the party. He didn't go around saying, hey, you know, give me a castle or give me a palace. He didn't say that. He came in, in, in the form of a baby in a manger. He humbled himself as an example to us. Humility is not insecurity, but God confidence. I'm going to say this again. Humility is nothing but the disappearance of self in the vision that God is all. Oh God, may I disappear. It's like what John said, that I may decrease that he may increase in me. Oh Lord, let this be so. Let this be so today. So how do we receive humility? How do we enact this in our life? Well, let's go back to our passage today from Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. How do we receive this? We are humble because our confidence is not in ourselves, but in Jesus. When this is the case, humility is tied to strong confidence. Come on. I'm one of my favorites. Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. Do you see that, church? Again, I'm going to repeat this again. Humility is not self-sabotage. It's self-sacrifice. Humility is not independent. It is God-dependent. Humility is not inward-focused, but outward-focused. And finally, humility is not insecurity, but god Confidence. God, confidence. Do you know who you are in Christ? You don't need to prove it when you know it. You don't need to walk around trying to show it off when you know it. It's a quiet confidence in him. So as we close today, let's get really practical. How can we live well in light of humility? How can we live well in light of that? I'm going to give you two ways we can do that as we close today. Number one, prioritize people over needing to be right. Can I just get really real with you right now, church? We are living in a time right now where there are so many opinions that are being floated out there. 
People are bashing people that do not share their opinion. They call the culture that we live in today the cancel culture. And the cancel culture says that if you don't agree with my opinion, then you don't matter. And that is so anti-biblical. Matthew 22 verse 39 says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And how about this one? Ephesians chapter one, verses uh, four, verses one through three in the New King James. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Church, there are so many divisions that are happening right now. Let's remember to approach each other with humility. See, especially among believers, remember that the things that unite us are greater than the opinions that divide us. Or can I say it this way? The one who unites us is greater than the the opinions that divide us. Can we remember that, church? We need to prioritize people over needing to be right. We need to love others. I mean, at the end of the day, you can have a disagreement, you can have an argument, you can have a fight. But at the end of the day, let's come back to remembering that God has commanded us to love our neighbor as ourself. Let's remember that there's people on the other side of that argument. And that God has called us to reach out to them. And especially if they are believers, if they are followers of Jesus, then remember that he who is with us is greater than than the opinions that divide us. He is greater. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up for truth. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have an opinion. You should. But at the end of the day, humility calls us back to a place of love. Humility calls us back to a place of honoring. Humility calls us back to a place of peace. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. See, when you're humble, you are confident in your place in the Lord. So you don't always have to be right because he always is. I'm going to say that again. When you are humble, you are confident in your place in the Lord. So you don't have to be right because he is. So that's practical point number one. Number two, again, the question is, how can we live well in light of humility? Number two is this. Keep up your spiritual disciplines. Very, very practical. First um, Timothy verses four, verse 13 says, uh, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhorting, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the elders. Meditate on these things. Give yourselves entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all and take heed to yourself, to the doctrine. Continue in them. And for in doing this, you will save both yourselves and those who hear you. Okay, this is really practical, church. Don't neglect your spiritual disciplines. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Keep logging in to YouTube on Sunday mornings and Wednesday night to join us for our online service. Why? Because that allows you to align your mind, to realign your mind in the right way, to be able to remember that God is in control, to be able to remember that God's got this, to be able to remember that God is the 
source of our humility. That God is greater than the situations and circumstances that surround us. And so when you remind yourself of that, when you continue in the word of God, when you continue in prayer, when you continue to join us on Sunday mornings, it helps you to realign your mind with the truth. And church, we are prone to wander from that truth. I'm just going to tell you right now. If you do not consistently remind yourself of the reality of God's greatness, then we are prone to wander from that. And the byproduct of that is that you may lose your humility. Remember that humility is nothing but the disappearance of self into the vision that God is all. And how do we remind ourselves that God is all? We remind ourselves by reading his word, by continuing in prayer, by continuing in gathering where we can. Don't neglect that, church. Don't neglect that. These disciplines help keep your pride in check and realign your thinking to line up with truth. So as we close today, Pastor Mike's going to come on in a few moments and spend some time praying with you today. He's going to give you an opportunity to respond to this message. And some of you might be responding for the first time to this message. Here's the message. God is real. He has a plan for your life and he's in control of everything. And when you can align your mind with him, you can walk in quiet confidence. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. Now, Life Church, may we walk in humility, in light of his greatness. Amen.